malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, and concealing the death of another. It's police chief at the University of Georgia, a voice that is familiar now here and across the state and around the country, and I'm sure he'd just soon it not be, certainly not for the reason that it is. He's reading there the charges against uh, Mr. Obara. Uh, Jose Ibarra, 26 years old, in the country, unlawfully from Venezuela. Kevin Epps going to speak to the Oconee County Republican Party this evening. Uh, Kevin Epps, uh, 6.30, the Oconee County GOP is meeting at the Piedmont Oconee Health Campus off Jennings Mill Road. Attorney in Athens, Kevin Epps. Kevin Epps, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Tim. Let me, let me, we'll, we'll talk about what you're going to talk about tonight, and I, I can only imagine that this subject comes up. But let me lean on your law degree for a moment. That list of charges against one of your clients lands on your desk. What do you do with that? What, what is the starting point for any lawyer, a public defender or, I don't know, F. Lee Bailey? What, what's the starting point for a lawyer in a case like this? Well, for any criminal defense attorney at this point, um, you're a little bit behind the eight ball because obviously the investigation has been ongoing. The prosecution knows more than you. And as we've heard over the weekend, obviously, because the magistrate judge could not do that, uh, could not issue a bond, the next move for a defense attorney would be to file a motion for a bond in the Superior Court and then to uh, move for a preliminary hearing. And at the preliminary hearing, uh, you use that as an opportunity to see what evidence that they have against your client. So it's a little bit of a catch-up game at this point. Um, And obviously, once he is able to either get a public defender or a legal counsel, they'll meet with him and figure out what the story is from their side. Is there a foot in the door? And people are asking this, and, and, and we understand the basis for the question. You have been, as we have said, and on this program many times, a critic of the district attorney that we have now, uh, Deborah Gonzalez. Uh, people wondering if she could successfully prosecute such a case, people concluding in their own minds, maybe not. Is there any foot in the door for a federal prosecution in this particular case? We saw it. In Oconee County, the Elijah Wood murder, the convenience store clerk, the feds did get involved and have successfully prosecuted at least their portion of the case. Is there any avenue at all for feds in this case? Based on the the core facts that I have seen at this point, the answer to that question is no. I have not seen where the feds could step in. Obviously, the Oconee case had the element that allowed it to have both the federal and state component of it. Uh, but at this point, there's nothing within the facts that would suggest that the feds would step in for this situation. And that would not happen even as this is, as we now know, an immigration case. A man who enters the country illegally is moved around the country and, and different states and back in Georgia. Even that would not allow, if you will, federal jurisdiction. No. And, and what where the would have uh, a a position in all of this is uh, now, without a doubt, and I know that there's been a lot of press over the weekend about uh, what happened with him and uh, with his wife crossing in El Paso, then being released and then taken to New York, and then ultimately him and his wife getting married for asylum purposes, and then him getting down to Georgia. There would be a hold on him uh, uh, established by the feds that no matter what happens is that they would look to have him deported um, once the case is resolved one way or the other.
One of the things we hear, Kevin Epps, again, will be speaking to the Oconee County Republican Party uh, this evening, uh, 6.30, at the Piedmont Health Campus, Jennings Mill Road. Uh, this business about a sanctuary city. Athens is a sanctuary city. My understanding of Georgia law dating back to 2016 is that you cannot have a sanctuary city in Georgia. Now, you can be creative and maybe come up with some workarounds, but Athens is not a sanctuary city, is it? No, it, you are correct, and and uh, that is a sort of a policy-driven uh, who are you electing as your officials and what are they doing um, with that situation. So I agree with you, Tim, that you, uh, if we were to use quotation marks around a sanctuary city, uh, it would be difficult to define us as a sanctuary city. It's just, uh, as you we have seen that's played out over the weekend, uh, D.A. Gonzalez in her capacity as a House representative and the position that she took when she was a House representative now as DA and how she would handle illegal immigrants and from a uh, sheriff's department and how they would want to handle that uh, and how you go about reporting that. Um, it really comes down to the local level and what the officials are doing with it. So you can be, without putting up signs and making an announcement that you're a sanctuary city, you can have many of the components within your local judicial system and your local law enforcement response. You can have many of the uh, components in such a way that maybe being a sanctuary city, not being one, is something of a difference without a distinction. You are exactly right. And, um, you know, when you talk about sanctuary i mean one of the one of the things in in the riley case is, is someone it could pose the question is why did he come here what was the purpose of him being here uh and those are questions that will ultimately uh, be answered down the line but if you're known as a place where illegals have a safe harbor here then sometimes that can lead to people coming here Athens Attorney Kevin Epps again speaking to the Oconee County Republican Party this evening about what I can only imagine this is going to come up I don't know I, you you may do what I do in these settings you'll you'll have something to say you'd open it up for questions and probably a lot of the questions are questions you're going to be dealing with now I I, I think so I mean one of the things Tim that you raise uh, is you know about the feds taking over this case and the competency of the district attorney to be able to handle the Riley case. I think that's what's really important for the listeners to understand is that this district attorney, as she moves into her fourth year as the uh, district attorney for both Oconee and athens Clark County, still has not won a single jury trial within this circuit. Uh, this past week in her, in her courtrooms, uh, she tried a case uh, herself. She It was a not guilty verdict. It had to do with uh, tampering with evidence and possession of a firearm by a felon. Um, I saw that she put on her social media that she will um, try all cases and, and seek the conviction, uh, but she has been unable to do that in her own capacity. Uh, the Ipswich case, um, which is a case that was assigned to her and her courtroom. Which uh, quickly, that, the sexual assault rape charges, rape charges, rape allegations against a fellow who owned a couple of establishments downtown Athens. Correct. And he was found not guilty of all the charges. But I think what's important for the listeners to understand is that was a case that would have been signed to Deborah Gonzalez. So you would naturally ask the question, well, of course, our local district attorney, such a high profile case involving uh, sexual assault charges in a local college town, of course she would take that case and handle it and be at the forefront. The answer to that question is no. In fact, what she did is she used state, uh, she used local funds to bring in, bring in a previous prosecutor in the case 
Um, and we, because of the open records case uh, that's currently pending in the Georgia Supreme Court, have not been able to obtain all of this information, but understand that there's been payments of him of up to $16,000 for him to come in and try this case, of which the defendant was found completely not guilty of all charges. So so to recap very quickly here, and we could go through other cases as well. I'm sure you have a long list of them. But Deborah Gonzalez personally, as DA, has successfully prosecuted the same number of cases I have, which is to say none whatsoever. And this fellow uh, brought in to prosecute these sexual assault cases, these rape cases, this guy got paid $16,000 for the same result I would have rendered had I been prosecuting the case there. Quickly, uh we're hearing the conversation about the death penalty. That's solely a DA's discretion, is it not? It is. And she had she made herself at the beginning of all of this uh, that she would not seek the death penalty in any cases whatsoever, Tim. And she continues to take that position. I think it's noteworthy that in Florida, the governor removed a district attorney recently as uh, for failure to seek the death penalty in all the cases. And the Florida Supreme Court recently upheld that decision for the removal of that. So if she stands by her position that there will not be any death penalty cases within her office, then she would not be seeking it in the Riley case or any other case that appears before her. Kevin Epps, to speak to the Oconee County Republican Party this evening, and again, that is 6.30, the Piedmont Oconee Health Campus off Jennings Mill Road in Athens. Kevin Epps, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Tim.